On this episode, we discuss Disney's new season pass option for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, new after-hours events coming to Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, Spider-Man possibly leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and more. This is episode 221 of the Caption Magic Podcast. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Captions Magic Vacations. Disney World and Universal Studios are some of the best vacation destinations in the world, but that doesn't mean that they're easy to plan for. Without proper planning, your long-awaited trip can quickly become overwhelming. And that's where Captions Magic Vacations can help. They take care of everything from hotel bookings, park tickets, fast pass planning, dining reservations, and more. And the great news is there's no charge to you for using their services. So if you head on over to CaptionMagicVacations.com backslash magic and request a quote with the promo code CTMP, you will receive a free gift with your vacation booking. So again, that's CaptionMagicVacations.com backslash magic and use the promo code CTMP. Well, hello everybody and welcome to the news show this week. My name is Jared Lee and I am joined, as has been the usual this last couple of weeks, Mr. Jeremy Stein as the lovely Jamie Lee is on maternity leave still. So, Jeremy, how are you doing? I'm doing very good, Jared. How you doing? Oh, not too bad. We're, we're recording a little later. Uh, so, obviously, we've been recording later on the days, but we recorded even later on Thursday because we were waiting for Disney's um, rumored internal announcement that they had. And uh, we'll talk about it in the show, but it turned out to be kind of a whole lot of not much, um, yeah. which... I think we kind of knew, but we just wanted to wait. We didn't want to, like, yeah. we was like, well, if it's going to be today, we'll just go ahead and wait and just in case, because you never know. I mean, they could sit there and say it's not going to be anything, and they're like, eh, it's a new park. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, I, I actually still, I mean, I think at the end of this, maybe we'll talk about, I don't know about predictions, but, like, what we think may D23 may hold, but I, I don't I don't think there'll be a new park, personally. No. Um, if, I, if I were to guess. I know we've talked about it on Diz Dudes before, so. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's not, obviously there's not a ton of news given D23 is uh, it, it's underway now, um, and so it, there's a little bit of stuff. It's it's kind of more exciting than I thought it might be this week with some stuff. But well, we actually we're going to be out in D23 if it was for Galaxy's Edge opening. So yeah, we we were going to be there much. right now. We would all be yeah hobnobbing with the uh, all the all the D23 folks, but. <laughs> Instead, we were sitting in our yeah. prospective homes and talking about it, which is yes. I'm okay with that because we're gonna have a great time at uh at Disney next week and Galaxy's Edge opening and we're doing all kinds yeah. of cool stuff. So very much so, yep. yeah. And I still remember the morning when they when all of a sudden Disney came out with Galaxy's Edge opening in this coming week, oh, and yeah. we were both. I remember I got home from the, I was driving home from the gym and I was like, what? Like it was just out of nowhere. We're like, okay, we can't do D23 now. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we will for those, and obviously we'll mention. Um, Club 32, I'll go ahead and mention it now, but if you're in Club 32, Micah, uh, who's a friend of ours that does the um, Disney Time podcast, he's going to be live streaming in Club 32 from D23 because he's going to be there. He lives out in California. So if you want to know, like, I, I don't know what panels he's going to be at. I know that he's going to go live basically all day tomorrow in the group. So if you remember, you can go check that out. If you're not, you can join Club 32 and check that out, ctmvip.com. Plus, this coming week, we're going to have tons of live streams with galaxy's edge opening week and everything we're gonna be doing there so uh yeah it's a good time to join if you're gonna join so yeah. check it out 
and before we just get to the news, we're going to mention some of the other shows on the Capture Magic Network. We have the Diz Dudes every Wednesday with myself and Jeremy. And we do a live stream of that show into Club 32 every Monday at 5 uh, Central, 6 p.m. E- or, yeah, Eastern Time. Excuse me, I'm getting my time zones mixed up. We had to wait on Pacific Time for Disney, and now I'm all... I'm all screwed up. Uh, but yeah, we, and that episode normally is released every Wednesday. Then we have the Main Street Magic Podcast with Jeremy and Rhonda every Tuesday. And has been Thursday, but normally Tuesday and Friday. And uh, what's the the show you guys just came out with? Or uh, you're we're gonna, previewing, yeah, Thursday, previewing yeah. Food and Wine Festival. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Always a good one. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. On top of Galaxy's Edge opening and everything else we're doing, Food and Wine is always, uh, always a plus. So I'm oh, definitely looking forward to that. Very excited. So, all right, well, let's get to the news. So I'm going to hand it off to Jeremy to kind of steer the ship, and then uh, we'll just start start going. All right, well, first one up, uh, new wedding venues are available at Walt Disney World, and they're available at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. Yeah, so this is from Disney Parks blog. It says, introducing brand new Disney wedding venues at the newly reimagined Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. Uh, with Disney Fairy Tale Weddings, we have venues that span private islands, castle courtyards, European plazas, and rose gardens. We're excited to share with you the newest addition to our list of dreamy wedding locations. Disney's Coronado Springs at Disney's Walt Dis- or, excuse me at Walt Disney World Resort was recently reimagined, creating new venues and pi- picturesque backdrops. The resort celebrates a unique blend of Spanish, Mexican, and Southwest American cultures and offers updated amenities that you and your wedding guests will enjoy. Uh, so, Dustino Plaza, this lush lawn is flanked by a beautiful lakeside oasis and the incredible Grand Destino Tower. A versatile space makes this a perfect location for ceremonies, pre-receptions, or receptions. Uh, whether you face the impressive arced, excuse me, arc windows or the fountain on the lake, you're sure to have a stunning backdrop for your I do. Then there is the Lan- Lantana Courtyard. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, sounds good okay. to me. Uh, just steps away from Destino Plaza, you can find Lantana Courtyard, a perfect spot for pre-receptions or intimate receptions. This private courtyard connects to an interior space, giving you the option of both an indoor and outdoor location. And then the La Mesa Patio, dance the night away under the twinkling lights of La Mesa Patio. The private courtyard is surrounded by lush greenery and towering palm trees, setting the perfect scene for a wedding reception. And then there is the Casitas Courtyard, uh, Casitas Courtyard is a charming venue surrounded by fountains, twinkling lights, fresh blooms, and towering palm trees. Whether you host a ceremony or reception in this spot, it's sure to be magical. So there's pictures of this in the show notes you can check out as well. Uh, so they kind of have each venue sort of set up what it would look like. So you can kind of take a look there. So if you're looking to get married, you can uh, check out Coronado Springs. I, um, I'm, I'm not, but if I can renew vows... <laughs> I would totally do it here. Um, oh, I have no doubt that Jamie and I will. She's she's dropped hints about yeah. renewing vows at Disney because I mean, when we got married, she well, I, she's always been at Disney, but I wasn't, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know about her whole Disney love. That, so, and even I mean, we, we've even back when we got married, Disney weddings are a relatively new thing, right? I mean, yeah. that's definitely. But I guarantee those things make them so much money. Because oh yeah. wedding, if there's any industry you want to get into, weddings is one of them. It's yeah. just people will pay. Like, if you want food, and then you're like, oh, it's for a wedding. Like, oh, it's for a wedding. Oh, <laughs> well, actually, that's an extra 30%. It's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. it, yeah, well, if you really want to get a look at this, they did a fairy tale wedding uh, taping here about two or three weeks ago um, out in front of Grand Destino uh, Tower there on the Destino Plaza. 
Um, and then the the Latana Courtyard is new. Uh, they built that with the tower. Um, the La Mesa patio is off of the old convention center, but it's a nice um, open area outdoors. And then Casita's Courtyard uh, actually would be a wonderful area for, like, your reception uh, we tend to stay in Casitas. We just did last weekend. Um, and there's, well, you guys did in, in May when we were all there in May. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, remember there's that huge, gorgeous fountain and they've got the lights strung up at night and that big yeah, at night it area. looks Yeah, at night it looks really cool. It would yeah. be a nice little, the only thing about that would be with the rooms right there, but it would be yeah. a very pretty venue, I think, just on, on that for like an evening or dusk type thing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, you're going to have guests overlooking and watching. But um, maybe they'll I, just I would, join in. I would totally renew Val's here. Like I would in a heartbeat. Yeah. And we love Coronado. So um, Coronado's yeah, it's solid. Oh, and, you know, eventually we're it's gonna be a little iffy if they start doing wedding receptions in the pop century dining area. But I would do that too. <laughs> Anywhere in Disney, be like whatever. Like, are they yeah. getting married in the oh, they're getting married in the quiet pool. Okay. Right. Yeah, in the quiet we go. pool. <laughs> they want a little they want to be as rowdy. You bring your own floaty. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, next, uh, we were talking about the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party Season Pass. Yeah. So this is uh, this was interesting and, and new for sure. So this is a new spooktacular season pass, um, and this was from the sixteenth. It says here. So tonight is a frightful uh, and very fun return of Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party to Magic Kingdom Park, and we're celebrating with a special new ticket offer that allows you to extend the spooktacular fun all through the fall. Beginning today, August 16th, you can purchase the new Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party Pass to enjoy up to 35 nights in 2019. With this new pass, you can attend most event nights for just $299 plus tax. There's so much to see and do with this festive celebration, and the pass is the perfect way to enjoy trick-or-treat Um Throughout the Magic Kingdom, exclusive entertainment, including a brand new fireworks spectacular and attraction offerings, and partake in the endless amount of ghoulishly good times. Uh, says Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is a special ticketed event that runs 36 night. It's about what we all know. It's the Halloween party. We know about that. Um, trying to think if there's anything about the pass in here. So that's basically all it is about the pass, everything else about the. Uh, the Halloween party itself. So, yeah, you can get a season pass if you want to go to a bunch of uh, Halloween parties. So, uh, what do you think about that? Um, I, you know, I, I love it and I hate it. Um, we considered it because we had already pre-purchased tickets for two different nights. Um, Rhonda and I are going to be there, let's see, Tuesday night, the 27th. Um, you know, you and Nate are going as well. Uh, and then we're going back uh, with the family on October 11th. So Rhonda and I all in were already two thirds of the way to this party pass. So we were kind of considering it was could we fit in a third? I think if you can do three parties as maybe a local or you're even doing multiple trips, you pretty much break even. I, you know, I, I'm trying to decide who this is built for. Like, is is it literally built for just say. I'm going to say people like us who happen to be, you know, podcasters and vloggers who maybe don't get some of the insight of, you know, some of the big timers who get some media invites and things like that and get some, you know, hosting done where we can cover every aspect of a party or are locals really wanting to go like locals who live 10 to 15 minutes away? Are they wanting to go to five, six, seven parties during the season? I don't know. What do you think? Like, would you want to if you lived Within 15 minutes of Disney, would you go to five or six different parties? Or 
I don't I don't know. And I'm, I'm the same way. I don't really know who this is for. It's obviously not for people that are just, you know, the assumption being if you're going to Disney for a week that you're right. not going to try and go to – because they only have two parties per week anyways. Right. So it's clearly meant for what would the assumption be with locals. So yeah. I guess – my guess is they're just testing it out. Yeah. Um, it makes me wonder about how well the early ticket sales have gone. Yeah. And if I don't think they would be offering this if they were selling out. But at the same time, too, we've seen some of the crowds from people posting pictures of the last couple of nights of the parties, and it's been packed. So, yeah. and there's something about this ticket to keep in mind is this allows you to get into the party even if it's sold out. Right. So that's something that, given now we haven't gone to this year's obviously, but the concerns that I know I had mentioned, I believe you'd mentioned as well last year were. They definitely seem to be overselling the parties compared to years past, and part of that is it, they're more popular. But I think Disney obviously is looking at it and saying, "Let's let more people in to make more money yeah. um, and try and spread people out by offering more stuff to do throughout the park." Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I, I if I was a local and I was really into Halloween, maybe. But if you're a local too, you may not want to mess with the because those, those parties are getting pretty crowded. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess yeah. if you're just really into Halloween and you just really wanted to, you know, and the, I guess you could make the argument there's so much stuff to do at the parties now. Yeah. You really can't check it all out in one trip. Right. So maybe you go once and you check out this and then next time you plan on going, you go concentrate on something else. So, you know, but I, the amount of people that would do that, I don't think would be super high. But again, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I it doesn't it doesn't hurt Disney. If they no. don't sell them, it only helps. So, you know, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I think if, if we were local enough and, you know, I, I consider ourselves locals in some sense, um, I could definitely see us going like on weeknights where we just go, you know what? The, the first time we go, we're going to focus on seeing the parade and the updates and the new fireworks show. And then maybe we go next week, you know, and and we just check out candy. And we go the next week and we do the rides and we go the next week. And so I definitely can see the allure uh, to those who can do multiple visits so that there's not the stress. And, and they're bringing this on the year that they've added all this stuff. You right. know, I mean, last year, I don't know if it would have made sense because we had seen the same things year after year. This year, it's all new. Um, what do you what do you think? Are we going to see this here coming up for the Christmas party? Same same offer. Or Probably. do you think it really is going to base on ticket sales? I can see it happening for Christmas. Um, yeah, I mean, like basically anything they do for Halloween, they tend to do for Christmas. Yeah, so true. I could, I could see it. I, if anything, they they would probably want to test that out versus Halloween versus Christmas, offering the same. At least I would. If I was running it, right. I would say I want to see how these sell between Halloween and Christmas and see if there's any difference. Yeah, and maybe they see that there's more people that maybe want it for Christmas or want it for Halloween, whatever it is, and then they can kind of get an idea for demand on and all that stuff. But Totally. Probably yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they lose. But um, speaking yeah. of extra paid events, this is my segue, uh, new After hour, <laughs> Hours events announced for Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. Yeah, so Disney After Hours events are such a hit among Disney fans that we wanted to share the latest news with you. New dates have just been announced for both Magic Kingdom Park and Disney's Animal Kingdom. In case you aren't familiar with Disney's After Hour events, uh, these events are your opportunity to experience the magic of a Disney theme park for three hours after regular park hours, with, with, which means little wait for attractions, experiences, and character greetings. You can even enter the park early starting at 7 p.m. on your event night before Disney After Hours begins. Ice cream novelties, popcorn, and select beverages are also included in your Disney After Hours admission once the party starts. 
At Magic Kingdom, guests can expect to wait as little, or excuse me, expect little wait at 25 plus attractions and experiences, including favorites like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Under the Sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid, Space Mountain, and more. And at Disney's Animal Kingdom, guests can offer or can enjoy the best the theme park has to offer at night, including the rep. It says replacent. Anyways, the Tree of Life Awakenings. They used a word I've never seen. Uh, <laughs> adventures within Pandora, the World of Avatar, and more. Uh, so at Magic Kingdom, this is going to be November 18th, December 9th, January 6th, 13th, 17th, and 20th. And at Animal Kingdom, it's going to be October 5th, 9th, 19th, 26th, and 30th. November 5th, 13th, and 19th. December 7th, 14th, and 18th. January 9th, 16th, 22nd, and 30th. February is the 6th, 13th, 19th, and 27th. And March is the 5th, 12th, 19th, and the 26th. So way more offerings at Animal Kingdom, which I yeah. find interesting. I, I find interesting on Magic Kingdom, there's only one in December. Yep. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, I guess they're I guess they're they're banking on the hours and some of those extended hours um, and some of the parties. Because Animal Kingdom doesn't have a party. Like a late, you know what I mean, where they close down right. early. But, so I guess, yeah, it is interesting. They're really pushing Animal Kingdom. Um which I and I I find out of all the ones to offer, Animal Kingdom is it seems to me that the biggest draw would be Pandora. Yeah. And everybody would just congregate back there. But I haven't yeah. done it yet. So right. I can't really speak to that much. Yeah. I've um yeah, I mean I've heard that it's 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 pretty good, but you still have to do the pre show every time. So, you know, you're talking I know. for Flight of Passage, I mean you're talking what a 15 20 minute ride even with no weight um so I yeah know. i guess if you're maximizing your time that does get a little bit interesting you know i mean how many times do you want to ride flight of passage in one night um and maybe wait 20 25 minutes you know because you got to do the pre-show compared to do you do it once or twice and then go focus on the rest of the land? I don't know. It is interesting. Um, yeah. You, you guys loved it at Magic Kingdom, though, right? I mean. We did. I So I had actually done it in the same year. I had done it in January of 2018. Mm-hmm. And I had I had a buddy of mine I went with. We went for like a weekend. And I didn't have a good experience with that one. And that was the first yeah. one they had done. So they offered after hours the year before. It was different. It was a little bit more expensive, and it was way less people. And I don't think it sold super well. Uh-huh. And then they kind of repackaged it the way they've done it now, and the price went down a tad. And I think a little bit of people went in, and then I think the word got out too about people were like, "Oh, this is actually kind of cool." So, yeah, mine in January wasn't so good. I got stuck on pirates for an hour and a half of the party. <laughs> Um, and, and there was like a basic mutiny that went on. If you want to hear about it, I, I forget which episode it was. I don't know the number, but it was from January of 2018. You can go find it in the archives. Um, it's funny. I, I like people like lost it. Like it's like a good human psychology experiment of just watching people <laughs> slowly descent into madness and how they handle stress. I'll give you a spoiler. They don't tend to handle it well. <laughs> so, um, but then we went obviously in December and so Jamie and I got to go and absolutely loved it. Like yeah. it was fantastic. It was kind of cold, but I mean, we, um, I, I think we actually left a little early cause it was cold. Jamie was pregnant. So she was, she had just, you know, started kind of feeling sort of, well, that trip, she felt pretty bad. I was like when the morning sickness was kicking in, but yeah, I mean, we rode like seven doors or I did, uh, I think six times. I oh, mean, wow. 
you everything was a walk on every legitimately everything was a walk on um you know the only complaint i had about it was just it was just kind of cold toward the end of the night but yeah, yeah that one was great so i i definitely think that they're good i've heard nothing but good things about them since so yeah. i kind of tend to think that they've worked the kinks out a tad bit yeah so. i mean they, they keep announcing them they and they do them in these small spurts which i think is uh, is smart on their part you know if they just said hey here's all of 2020's dates yeah there's no like a lore there's no like well urgency yeah you keep like, yeah so people book them and and, yeah. and i you know so yeah i'm with you i've heard nothing but good about them um we plan to do I one did. one of these days we just we haven't done one yet yeah i find it interesting on that i wonder this one obviously isn't villains now they no. for magic kingdom one once in november once in december and then more in january I wonder if that means perhaps that there's going to be more villains or some other themed after hours during those times and just not the regular. Yeah, I think villains was a big test on what else they can do. I think so, too, because to me, December is a perfect time to do this because the parks are so crowded. Right. And they have the Halloween party. So I, I kind of feel like there's going to be more. But I think this is just the initial offering. Yeah, I think so. Because villains like got a pretty there. good review from every. I mean, we Meredith from from the network went and she had enjoyed it. So I've I've yeah. heard good things about it. So I would, I don't know. I I I would be surprised if this was all that they offered here on that. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, next story. Uh, I'm excited about this one actually. Uh, Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort reveals upgraded look for Tricircle D Ranch. Yeah, this is definitely interesting. So. This is from Disney Parks blog and their their headline here. <laughs> Whoa, horses at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground to receive beautiful new barn. I don't know if the woe was how they said it. That's how I said it. I think that's um, how it was supposed to be. Yeah, probably. So um, <laughs> today we're happy to share that not only will opportunities continue at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground to make memories, uh, but that the equine residents of both the Pony Farm, I don't know if I said that right, so I apologize if I did not, and Tricircle D Ranch are set to receive a beautiful new barn, which you can see pictured above. And there's a picture here, as they said. Uh, as you can see, Imagineers have redesigned the Tricircle D Ranch, which will offer a modern stable and updated outdoor spaces and faculties for the happiest horses on earth. The new ranch will maintain the history and spirit of the original Tricircle D, welcoming guests to explore exhibits of classic Disney equestrian artifacts, such as that which date back to the 1950s. Starting August 19th, the draft horse barn and pony farm will temporarily be inaccessible to guests until the new barn debuts in the spring of 2020. Uh, it says guests can still enjoy pony rides at the Trailblaze Corral, excuse me, near the campground's entrance, and the resort's rides and carriages rides will continue to operate as normal. So, got a new barn coming. Yeah, that's Didn't cool. Didn't think I'd ever hear a Disney announcement talking about a barn, but I, I know. Um, I like it. We 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 like that area. Of course, we love Fort Wilderness, and uh, the barns are where they keep uh, all the different horses. They keep Cinderella's horses. Uh, they keep all the ones that do the carriage rides throughout, like, um, over at uh, Port Orleans Riverside. Um, that's where they keep the horses that are in the parade. Uh, any of those things. So it's and, – and they actually shuttle them back and forth uh, every morning and every evening. So at least they're getting a new home. They yeah. deserve it. They work hard for the money. Here's a little known fact about me. Um, I don't trust horses. Mm, doesn't surprise me. I don't dislike them. I just don't trust them. I feel yeah. like there's always a wild side in them. Like when the headless horseman goes down there for Halloween, mm. I'm in the side and I'm like, I'm watching you, because you I don't know. know. They, I mean, these are wild animals. They could run off. 
They're smart. You can't sneak up behind them. They'll kick I you know. in the face. They will. I They'll mean, break your jaw. Yeah. Ever, did you ever watch the Goldbergs? Yeah, love the Goldbergs. There's a there's an ongoing joke in that show with Barry where he. <laughs> Apparently he got in a fight with a horse. That's right. <laughs> and they'll bring yes. it up sometimes and be like, what's with you with that horse? Like, he knows what he did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel I feel like that would be the thing. Like, I feel like you could have a vendetta against a horse. Did you see they uh, filmed in Disneyland for the upcoming season? I did not. Yeah. I haven't finished. I haven't quite finished the end of six. I've yeah. got him. I've got him queued up. I just haven't finished it yet. It is but. such a good show. Yeah. So they're. I guess they go to Disneyland on like family vacation in the next uh, season. And they filmed. Maybe two, three weeks ago, they actually filmed in Disneyland. That's so awesome. That's going to be awesome. Like that's sh- that show is two worlds together. <laughs> yeah, that show is legitimately a. F- that's one of the only shows I've laughed out loud at. Yeah. Um, maybe one of two or three shows in in general lately. But man, that show is funny. I love it. It's good. If you haven't I, seen it, you should watch it. Oh, and it's a it's a Disney show. It's ABC. Family. Yeah. So good yep. show. And also the um, the spinoff is good. Schooled, it's actually really good too. And it's the I same. I was shocked at how good yeah. it is because yeah. I saw the spinoff and I was like, "This is stupid. This is not." Gonna it's be actually. Good. And I was like, "I'll give it a okay. shot." And it was. Amazing. I've always loved. I've always loved Tim Meadows. I've yes. always felt like he's super funny and underrated. Yep. And I love Brian Callen, who's the gym teacher. Yes. So those oh, two so together, good. and then the yeah, it's it's good, and it's the same showrunners and everything. So yeah, yeah, it's if you haven't checked it out, you should do that. It's good. Do it right now. Turn yes. this episode. No, don't, don't do that. No, don't do that. Watch <laughs> this or pause it and then come back. Yeah, then come back. All right, all right. Next, we're going to go to uh, the Ripken Baseball Experience begins at Walt Disney World in 2020. Yes. So Cal Ripken Jr., one of the most accomplished professional baseball players ever to put on a uniform, is coming to Walt Disney World Resort, and he is bringing his successful youth ba- youth baseball academy with him. Uh, that means young baseball players ages six to eighteen can come to ESPN Worldwide of Sports Complex next year to compete in high-level youth baseball tournaments. In addition to being held on their field of dreams at Disney, these young players will get the chance to have a whole lot of fun. For instance, the players will be treated to a dazzling opening ceremony and have free time in the parks to experience new and popular attractions such as Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which opens August 29th, which we will be there, and you should check out and join Club 32. Uh, Ripken played 21 seasons for the Baltimore Orioles and was a 19-time All-Star shortstop. He earned the nickname the Iron Man after setting the professional baseball record for most consecutive games played at 2,632. And that's basically that announcement. So if you're, uh, you want to avoid, much like cheerleaders in the parks, you probably want to avoid um, uh, <laughs> a bunch of eight or six to 18 year olds running around Disney World at that time, too, would be my guess. Yeah. Swinging baseball bats. Um, <laughs> I guess they can't take those in the park, but. Youths. No, that's cool. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great. You know, they um, the Braves are what is it this this past season was their last spring training for the Braves. So I guess that opens up some uh, some space for something like this. Um, yeah, it seems that that may be the reason. I mean, we just talked yeah. about I think last week. So that, that kind of a that may be what they found to kind of replace it. And I'm sure it's probably a revenue maker for them with this. So oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's a beautiful, beautiful facility. I mean, we've only been through there. Uh, once or twice to pick up uh, material like race packets for we've done the run Disney stuff. I mean, the, the whole complex, the fields, the inside gyms, the everything on site is gorgeous. Um, and I want to say that Cal Ripken is probably the professional athlete that I've seen in person play the most out of any other because we used to go to baseball games all the time and he never missed one. So obviously every it's time true. we saw an Orioles game growing up because we – we live near there. We used to go to Memorial Stadium when he played there. 
uh, back in Baltimore, obviously he was playing because he didn't miss a game. So right. he's, he's probably the only professional athlete we've seen at every professional game we've ever been to for that team. That's cool. So it's a fun fact. I can tell you about the interesting, the inter- interesting thing about professional athletes is, um, well, I guess in contrast, actors – are always smaller than you think they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Like actors are tiny. I, I've seen yes, a few in person, are. like Brad Pitt and yeah. some other ones. They're yeah. much smaller than you think. Yep. Tom and Cruise is like four foot three. I think he's technically <laughs> classified as, yeah, I think he's a little person. Um, <laughs> and ath- I mean, professional athletes are so much bigger than you think. Oh, I saw, yeah, yeah. you remember Jason Williams? That was the, yeah. they called him White Chocolate, the point guard for oh, the yeah. Kings. Oh, he's one of the best ever. He was a little point guard. Yeah. I saw him in person. He was huge. Yes. Like he, uh, so I remember Kareem Rush. I went to a team camp at, at University of Missouri because he came from there and he played for the Lakers for a little bit. Um, I think, you know, you watch him play in a game, you're like, oh, he's a, you know, he's kind of a small four or something like that. He was a monster. He was huge. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. wow. And it, it's just the fact that everyone's so big. So, yeah, it's funny when you talk about it. If you ever get to go here and see any of the athletes that go through there, it's, you're, you're shocked at this, the sheer size of them many times. Yeah. Yeah. When we, uh, when I was a kid, and we were, before uh, Camden Yards was built, um, and we used to go to Memorial Stadium, you used to be able to go uh, out and you could hang out uh, right outside of the players' exit, like outside of the locker room. There was a small uh, fenced-in area, and they would come out of the locker room, and literally it was their parking lot where they'd just go to their cars. You know, and we're talking again. This has been, shoot, this was thirty years ago now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we, you would just wait out there. And you had your you had your your ball, your hat, your jersey, your cards, whatever you wanted, and they would just walk to their car and they would sign them. And there wasn't security, there was nothing. And I don't know whatever happened to it. I wish I still had it. I had an old school Orioles uh, snapback baseball hat. And I remember one night I got I got Cal Ripken, I got uh, Eddie Murray. Oh wow! Um, I got um, shoot. I'm trying to think of who the manager was at that time. I think I think I actually got Bill Ripken. Um, because he was playing, Cal's brother was playing during that time. Like, That's I just had right, this hat yeah. one night, and it was nothing. You yeah. know, to them, it was absolutely nothing. And then Camden Yards opened up, and, you know, it was in the middle of, of, of Baltimore in this huge, prominent kind of new area, and you couldn't get anywhere near a player. Um, and it was interesting. So, before we move on, one fact, because this story just still makes me cringe. I, for some reason, was a huge Roger Clemens fan growing up. Uh, I don't know why, I just was. And like me and a couple friends, we all had uh, like our players. I was Roger Clemens. I had a friend that was a Cal Ripken. I had a friend that was a Jose Canseco. And another friend that was Mark McGuire. And we were all um, rushing to collect one thousand of their their baseball cards. And whoever okay. got like to a thousand first was like the cool kid, and you didn't get anything. But so I waited out. We went to go see um, Roger Clemens play at Memorial Stadium against the uh, Orioles when he was with the Red Sox. And he, I think he did, it was a 17 strikeout game. It was like the record at the time. Yeah. And we went and we waited outside and it was the same thing. You could either wait where the Orioles were exiting. Or you could wait where the Red Sox players were exiting and they're going to their bus. And I stood out there. I bet I was nine, 10 years old. And Roger Clemens walks past me and I look up at him and I said, Mr. Clemens, can I have your autograph? And he looked at me and said, some other day, kid. And he kept walking. And I've <laughs> never been like more destroyed in my entire life. And I was like, oh, my, like, um, I still I can't, can't get over can't, it to this day. I can't say I'm surprised. I haven't yeah. heard many good things about, it, about yeah. him. Yeah. At that point, I thought he was a god. And then I was like, you suck, Mr. Clements. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. That That's was, always uh, unfortunate. 
Yeah, that's my random story of the uh, the episode. All right, we're gonna get into the next. Um, you want if you want to talk about it for a while, you can. I, I can. Oh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna save it for my therapist because uh, <laughs> I haven't finished that story with with him he was, yet. So. He just walked right past me. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I don't trust people today. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. That's why I've never asked anyone for an autograph since. So that's, um, that's true. All right, next. Uh, this was what we were waiting for. I guess all day, and this was labeled as the secret Walt Disney Company project. Um, and uh, we can we can talk about it after. But Disney Plus and Disney Worldwide Publishing announce one day at Disney. Yeah. So so far, not a new park, at least as of yet. So D twenty three Expo hasn't even officially kicked off yet, but we're already revealing some truly amazing news. Just this evening, Ricky Strauss, president of content and marketing for Disney Plus, joined Good Morning America's Robin Roberts to announce One Day at Disney, an incredible collaboration between Disney Publishing Worldwide and Disney's highly anticipated new streaming service, encompassing a colorful 224-page coffee table book and a unique documentary series. One Day at Disney will shine a light on some of the talented men and women bringing Disney's most beloved stories to life. Both the book and the series will arrive on December 3rd. Uh, Says... Uh, ESPN prod- broadcaster and GMA host and soon to be inducted Disney legends, G- Disney legend Roberts, whose work on ABC's Emmy award-winning morning show will be highlighted in one day at Disney set of the project. Uh, we all argue who has the best job in the company. We all do. We all feel that we have the best job and to be able to be part of this project and really get a sense of globally what we're able to do or what our hope is all of us. It doesn't matter where we are in the company. We just want to touch people's hearts. We just want to share and bring out the creativity and they have within themselves. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So that is coming uh, to more stuff coming to Disney plus. So it looks like here, I think there's a trailer too. Yeah. There's a trailer you can check out. So it says on December 3rd, the same day that the book arrives in stores, Disney plus will debut its new 52 episode short form series. That's a lot of episodes. Wow. One day at Disney, which takes an in-depth look at the extraordinary and often surprising roles. These men and women call their daily jobs executive produced by Michael Antinoro and David Chamberlain for Endeavor content. The series kicks off with a feature length documentary highlighting not only GMA's Roberts, but also the likes of Walt Disney Imagineer, Eric Baker, who helped bring uh, Galaxy's Edge to Life, uh, WDI's Ashley Gurditch, a research and development project manager in the world of robotics and technology. Disney's building robots and they're going to try and take over the world. Just letting you guys know that <laughs> they're true. terrifying. You can go to YouTube. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, legendary animator Eric Goldberg. Uh, he's from Aladdin, Pocahontas, the Academy Award nominated Get a Horse. Uh, Disneyland Railroad cast member Mark Gonzalez. Disney Publishing Worldwide senior illustration manager Grace Lee. South African actor Zam, Zam, let's see, Zama Vus Zama is his is his nickname here. Oh my goodness, Magadulia. I I butchered that. And I apologize to that man. I don't know. <laughs> I deeply apologize. Currently portraying Rafiki in the Madrid production of Disney on Broadway's The Lion King. I believe that's why it says his nickname in the middle there is just Zama because I, yeah. I imagine many people have a problem pronouncing that name like I did. Uh, Marvel Studios head of de- visual development Ryan M- Meander, gosh, I'm terrible with names. Mian Erding, he was part of Avengers Endgame and Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, then we have Disney World veterinarian Dr. Natalie. I'm not even gonna try. Dr. And Natalie. <laughs> Dr. Na- just Dr. <laughs> Natalie. And Pixar Dr. artist Natalie. and sculptor Jerome Ranft. Uh, and yeah, so 
looks like some uh that'll be an interesting series i mean i i will i'm already excited about uh disney plus but that seems yeah. like kind of a cool series for sure i think it seems awesome um it's it's so funny i think i think we all were expecting this giant announcement but nobody ever said it was a giant announcement we all just thought it was and social media built it up but literally it was yeah. just called a secret walt disney company project it did you know yeah so well, i think lynn Testa came were disappointed out and said and it wasn't gonna be anything yeah 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 so are you excited for this though i mean i think this is gonna be cool yeah i i am it's, it's interesting i mean my you know my dad worked for disney so it's, it's you know i get his take from being a bus driver and you you know we yeah. obviously doing the show we've gotten to know a lot of people that are cast members there's a lot of people in the group that have become cast members so it's interesting just to it's such a huge company so there's so many different yeah. things that they encompass so um yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited i'm sure it'll be well done and it's just something else to binge on when they announce this thing and people drop all their netflix subscription and go get disney plus yep but sign me up <laughs> <laughs> um so so that actually that wraps it up for our uh, our news. Um, we do have a couple rumors that I want to say a lot of them are borderline rumor could be true, but we kept them in the rumor phase because we don't have any sort of official real word if if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And the the first I guess we'll get into the first one. It's the big one. Uh, Spider Man is leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe. At least as it seems. Um, So basically, for those that don't know, Disney and Sony sort of shared the IP with an agreement about so it brought in Spider-Man into the MCU. So Disney never had the full rights to him in case you just weren't sure on that. So uh, this is Disney and Sony Pictures will no longer share Tom Holland's Holland's web slinger. Uh, It says in a shocking development, Marvel Studios is set to part ways with Sony Pictures Spider-Man franchise. Uh, the decision will effectively remove the version of Peter Parker played by Tom Holland from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, separating arguably the most iconic Marvel comic book hero from the most successful superhero franchise of all time. Um, as it often does, the issue comes down to money. Sony Pictures has owned the movie rights to Spider-Man for decades and found great success with the character with director Sam Raimi and actor Tobey Maguire's take on the web singer in the 2000s because nobody else knew what else to do with a superhero because Tony Maguire's the worst. That was my input. Thank Sorry, you. that wasn't theirs. Um, no, that's there, everybody's <laughs> input, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> there are three films grossed to nearly $2.5 billion worldwide, but then Sony's reboot of the franchise with director Mark Webb and actor Andrew Garfield released in 2012 and 2014 was seen as a critical and commercial disappointment. So, in 2015, Disney, or Sony entered into an unprecedented agreement with the Disney-owned Marvel Studios to share Spider-Man character. Essentially, Disney got to use Tom Holland's version of Spidey in its Marvel Studios movies in 2016's Captain America Civil War, uh, 2018's Avengers Infinity War, and Summer's Avengers Endgame. And Marvel Studios' chief, Kevin Feige, produced Sony Pictures' Spider-Man movies for, for them, uh, fully integrating the series of films within the MCU 2017 Spider-Man Homecoming, and this summer's Spider-Man Far From Home. Crucially, neither Sony nor Disney shared much, if any, box office grosses from each other's use of the Spider-Man character. Far From Home, as it happens, just surpassed Skyfall as Sony Pictures' highest-grossing film worldwide of all time, with $1.1 billion. Far From Home also happens to be the only global mega-blockbuster this year that wasn't financed and released by Disney. But it basically was Disney, so... Mm -hmm. So Disney, according to Deadline's report, uh, stipulated to Sony that it wanted to split future Spider-Man movies in a 50-50 co-financing agreement, which also meant a 50-50 split in the profits. 
Sony said no. Disney said fine, removed Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios as producers of Sony's future Spider-Man films and kicked the character out of the MCU sandbox. In a statement Tuesday night, Sony said it was disappointed with Disney's decision, adding that discussions around Feige's continued role as producer for the franchise had been mischaracterized. It says, we are disappointed but respect Disney's decision not to have him continue as a lead producer of our next live-action Spider-Man film. The studio said on Twitter, we hope this might change in the future, but understand many new responsibilities that Disney has given him, including all their newly added Marvel properties, do not allow time for him to work on an IP they do not own. Kevin is terrific, and we are grateful for his help and guidance and appreciate the path he has helped us help put us on, which we will continue. So that's that. Um, Your thoughts, Jared. Give them to me. This last one is interesting. So you would yeah. think Sony would basically come out and, and say something disparaging, and they simply kind of say, well, we're disappointed, but in the future he might come on, so we're leaving. And then they flatter. They give a bunch of flattery words. Yeah. Um, I think Disney knows that Sony knows that if Spider-Man is not in the MCU, that it's going to bomb and be terrible. Yep. They can't the way that Spider-Man is set up in the MCU, they can't what are they gonna do? Are they right. gonna do a Spider-Man movie where he can't mention Tony Stark? He right. can't mention being snapped away, he can't mention anything that happened in the Avengers films. Yeah. It would literally be a Spider-Man film void of any of that with with Venom. Like, I'm sorry, it's right. just not gonna do well. And I think Sony knows this, and I think Disney knows that they have them essentially whatever you want to call by the cojones and because before i think the split was disney was only getting five to like ten percent i believe correct five percent and and they weren't funding anything i believe sony was funding all of it right disney only got five percent of the profit but none of the yeah i believe so they weren't putting up any money so for them it's a win-win but i think when they see sony's most so if you're sony your most successful film is basically a Disney movie. Like they can Correct. sit there and say it's a Sony movie, but Sony had nothing to do with this. Like, nothing. and they they know they had nothing to do with this. Yeah. So I think when that happened, Disney's like, "We've got all the leverage. Put the screws to them." Yep. And I wouldn't be surprised if this if if it comes back that uh, Spider Man's back in the MCU. The, yeah. They'll re- I really do think they'll reach an agreement. For first off, for not only Sony's perspective, because what's Sony gonna do with Spider Man after this? Right. First off. Second, Disney has a, or Marvel's essentially set up all their next phase stuff. Like it, it hinges on Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, in the comics, Peter Parker kind of becomes like he's Tony's protege. And then the way that they left Far From Home in, in Endgame is Tony left all this stuff to Peter Parker, and Peter Parker slowly becoming the new uh, Tony Stark in a way. So to yank that out. Now, granted, would Disney do it? Probably. Like they want money, and they they're they you know I don't. They're probably strutting around, figuring that they can do whatever they want at this point. They're kind of the height of their powers. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this deal still gets done. It's just, yeah. I mean, fans are obviously mad and, and things like that, but I think this is all part of negotiating. Yeah. No, I agree with everything you said. Um, yeah, I think uh, Disney's got all the leverage. What What is just, and this is why I just, uh, when stuff like this gets announced, I need to just, back away from computers <laughs> and my phone because i just want to scream <laughs> at things because you have yeah. you have a lot of people that are you know people we've said this before you said this a lot like it's it's cool to hate you know oh, yeah. it is really cool for people to hate disney 
and for to say that they're a monopoly and or, or you know whatever you want to say about them simple fact is disney made spider-man successful for the first time in three franchises in decades of films and so anybody who thinks that disney's being you know greedy by wanting 50 percent is ridiculous because there is no 50 percent if Disney was never involved. There is no $1.1 billion Spider-Man film without Disney and Feige and Marvel involved. It's plain and simple. Yeah. And so there's all these people that are acting like Disney's being greedy and that, oh, Spider-Man and Tom Holland will be fine without them. They've made excellent movies. No, they didn't. Sony didn't make a single good Spider-Man movie. <laughs> Feige I know. Did. This would be you know? this would be similar to like uh, probably like Superman four back in the eighties yeah. or whatever. Whenever like it would be the same character, but if you saw Superman one and then you saw Superman four, you'd be like, "What happened?" Um, yeah. I, again, I, I think it gets done. It, I I see it from both angles. I do. I see Disney's yeah. side sitting there going, "If if I had an agreement like this and, and I knew that my whole MC my universe I built was aiding your franchise," and I was like, "Okay, we want to get this character, whatever," and then we see. The movie doing what it's done. I see their side, and I see Sony because they're sitting there going, "We made a bunch of money. This is awesome." Right. And then Disney comes up and goes, "Hey, uh, yeah, the, hey, we made a lot of money. Like, yeah, that was great. Uh, we want more." And they're like, "Well, no, we 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 had a deal." And so again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's some sort of like 70-30. Yeah, I mean, could be. I mean, Sony's get, trying to ride the coattails. They're like, "Hey, oh, for you sure." Know, which, and which Sony. And, and Sony as a movie studio, I, I, I'm not going to say it is non-existent, but it's definitely not been successful in the last little bit. Ooh, yeah. um, you know, I don't think they're wanting to rock this boat too much. You know, the, Disney becoming at a 50% willing to maybe take 30 because that's how right. you negotiate. And they basically said, I'm going to walk in here. I'm going to say I want 50%. If they say no, I'm just going to get up and leave and use it as a negotiating tactic. So. Right. Again, I, I think it gets done. I think yeah. it's, I think some of this is just kind of theatrics, but in the meantime, the fans are going to freak out and and you know all that stuff. Oh, for sure. And I thought I read, and I could be wrong. So I think the initial agreement was that Sony fronted all the money, Disney got five percent of profit. I believe with the fifty fifty also meant that Disney was then going to front fifty percent of the production cost. I thought I read that somewhere, and I could be wrong. It's so possible. not only I, I think where they were expecting 50% of profit, but they were going to front 50% of the production cost. So it very much is a win-win, Yeah, I think. Yeah. But Well, and I think at this point, Sony knows that the, the Marvel movies are going to be profitable, so they yeah. don't really care about fronting money. And maybe Disney's, you know, I, I get, I, again, I get both sides. I'm yeah. sure it'll get done, but it's just one of those things where if if, if you've got something super successful and you're like, well, I'll front the money. And people are like, yeah. well, that's not the issue. Like, we know we're going to make our money back. but Right. Exactly. Until, yeah. Again, until they don't. I mean, everything, you know, I, I still contend that we've seen the best of the MCU. I, I really do yeah. think this is going to be, not that they're going to make bad Marvel movies, but I mean, you know, chances are we've seen the best that the MCU is going to offer. And so sure. from here on out, it's going to be a slower decline. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, whoever is the uh, the one making this deal, hopefully, is not the same accountant that was part of our next possible rumor. <laughs> uh, Disney whistleblower uh, told SEC the company inflated revenue for years. Yeah, that's not a good thing to do. Um, oh. This whistleblower was fired as a Walt Disney Company accountant in 2017 as well. So, a uh, former Walt Disney Company accountant says that she filed a series of whistleblower tips with the Securities and Exchange Commission 
alleging the company has materially overstated revenue for years. Sandra Kuba, formerly a senior financial analyst in Disney's uh, revenue operations department who worked for the company for 18 years, alleges that Disney's, or excuse me, employees working in the parks and resorts business segment systematically overstated revenue by billions of dollars by exploiting weaknesses in the company's accounting software. Uh, she said she has met with officials from the SEC on several occasions to discuss the allegations. Uh, the SEC has declined to comment. A Disney spokesperson said the company had reviewed the whistleblower's claims and found that they were, quote-unquote, utterly without merit. Cuba's uh, whistleblower filings, which have been reviewed by MarketWatch, outlined several ways employees allegedly boosted revenue, including recording fictitious revenue for complimentary golf rounds or free or for free guest promotions. Another alleged action Cuba described in her SEC filing involved recording revenue for $500 gift cards at their face value even when guests paid a discounted rate of $395. Kuba uh, has also alleged that employees sometimes recorded revenue twice for gift cards, both when guests bought the gift card and when it was used at a resort. Um, sometimes revenue was recorded even through a gift card, even though a gift card was given to a guest for free following a customer complaint, for instance, according to the whistleblower's allegations. Kuba's filings alleges that flaws in the accounting software made the manipulation difficult to trace, though the consequences could be significant. In just one financial year, 20, 2008 through 2009, Disney's annual revenue could have been overstated by as much as $6 billion. Kuba's whistleblower filing alleges, uh, that's what she's alleging, excuse me. The Parks and Resorts business segment reported total revenue of $10.6 billion in 2009, according to its annual report filed with the SEC. Uh, she said she told the market watch that she first reported the alleged revenue recognition issues to management in 2013. She said that no one responded to her at that time. She said that she escalated her concerns to a more senior executive in 2016. The Disney's corporate audit group contacted her once in November, 2016, but never followed up. Um, she said she brought her concerns to the sec in 2017 and she was fired from Disney about a month later. Uh, in October 2017, Cuba filed a whistleblower retaliation complaint with the Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Disney's response to the department's whistleblower office and, and investigators' inquiry said that Cuba's employment was terminated because, quote, she displayed a pattern of workplace complaints against coworkers without a reasonable basis for doing so in a manner that was inappropriate, disruptive, and in bad faith. Um, she's also made two more additional complaints since leaving. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. So... What do you think? Um, you know, if it happened, there, there's no like, there's nothing to state unless like she's just on some sort of vendetta making things up. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there could always be that, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if this did happen. This was brought to Disney's attention. It's not in Disney's best interest in, in human nature to go back and and go. Well, okay, let's fix this because then you're talking, I mean, the stock would take a hit. Like that would yeah. be a bad, bad look. Yeah. So human nature many times is we're going to cover up. Yeah. Um, again, this is all alleged. We don't know. Um, but if that did happen, I hope they didn't continue it. Right. Because that is, um, yeah, that's, that's not only is that potentially defrauding shareholders, which that's a big deal, Yeah. but it's also... Um, you're talking stocks. You're talking fines. You're talking uh, significant. If if it, yeah. if this turns out to be true, that these are significant fines that Disney would face. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't know what to think. I mean, some part of it I look at with the uh, with like the gift card thing. Um, it, it appears something that I don't know. It seems like it could there could be some errors that obviously were not intentionally made, which is why they'd be an error. You know, not that somebody was sitting back saying, "Hey, let's count free Disney gift cards that are given out to resort guests because of complaints as income." It literally could have been like, "Oh." Man, we totally accidentally counted free Disney gift cards as income. You know what I mean? Like, not like it was a purposeable. Pers- it, it could uh, be something on purpose, but yeah, it's interesting. I would be curious to know in that time period, though, that this is alleged, what the projections were and what maybe yeah. things were looking. Because no, then you run into, you know, even if say it was a mistake and maybe it normally corrected, and if it's like, oh, we're we're under, we're not hitting our marks. Well, right. we do this, like. Again, we're we're talking, you know, a company. So people, you know, talk about a company. Well, Disney's not like Disney's made up of people. People are fallible, no matter where they're at. Um, Many motivations for people, whether it's greed, self sufficiency, whatever it may be. Um, You know, I don't. Do I think that Iger, our CEO at the time, came up with some scheme and said, "Hey, let's do this thing." I really don't. Absolutely not. I don't. It probably wasn't even higher ups if if they did right. this. It would have been more than likely, like you said, a mistake that was covered up, um, yeah. which is how a lot of times these work. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. That'd be something. Now I don't know how to, the resolution on this will probably be years, if 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 not longer, before oh, for sure we hear about it because they'll investigate, and investigate. But her being fired is is there's also retaliation laws against that, like whistleblowers. Yep. So that's a big deal too. So. Yep. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of keep an eye on it, and see what comes of it. Oh, for sure, make it swept under the rug, but we'll definitely. It, and yeah. again, she it could be false. It could, for sure. You know, you you always have to take. The, that's why it's in the rumor section because. Yep. You know, we don't know it to be fact, but it, you know, if, if one day it is, and we'll we'll hear the details. I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Um, next, we're going to move on to: Is there a possible soft opening for the Disney Skyliner coming in August? I hope so, but I don't know if I want to ride it or not. <laughs> We talked about this if like over water while stuff. we're like, there. Oh. You're riding it, Jerry. Uh, it will take multiple of us, but you're gonna just hear me yelling this. I'm like, help! Uh, yes. Yeah, so potentially, like Jeremy said, a soft opening it says we're back with another Skyliner gondola update from Walt Disney World. Um, this is from Disney Tourist Blog. Here it says here we have a new construction photos project progress on the stations and more. More importantly. We'll discuss the big question of whether the Skyliner will have a soft open in time for debut of Galaxy's Edge. Uh, currently, it's slated for an official September 2019 opening date. Uh, says, for the most part, the construction photos speak for themselves. There's not much new to say in regards to that. Uh, much of the station at Disney's Caribbean Caribbean Beach Resort is is basically done. Looks almost done. Um, it says we've said for a while that there seems to like a reasonable probability that the of the Skyliner debuting. One full month before its official opening, we put our money on where our mouths are, so to speak, by keeping uh, our own reservation at Pop Century, even though we're concerned that the Skyliner has defied pretty much every timeline prediction to date. Uh, It says, we decided to roll the dice, so figuring there's a 50-50 shot of the Skyliner quietly debuting at the end of August. Uh, Our basis for thinking this might occur is based upon a couple of things. First, the Disney's Hollywood Studios and Disney's Art of Animation and Pop Century Resort stations are both clearly ready to roll and have been for some time. Aside from finishing touches that could be completed overnight, both could have opened a month or even longer ago. 
Second, because it seems to make sense as a way to alleviate traffic and bus congestion that could arrive with uh, Star Wars Land. Opening the Disney's Hollywood Studios portion of the Skyliner, in other words, everything except the Riviera and Epcot stations, would help transport the thousands of guests staying at those resorts in the park via gondolas instead of buses. Uh, says, however, we have said countless times that we don't think September is going to be nearly as busy as people may fear. This is well before Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland proved to be a lower draw over the summer than anticipated. Um, blah, blah, blah. So basically, yeah, they think, I think that their thinking is they think it's potentially going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's been rumored too of, of doing a soft opening during that. Cause it, it would make sense. Um, yeah. To that way, if you do a soft opening and there's issues, you're like, well, it was a soft opening. Yeah. Yeah. And you hopefully alleviate masses of people because this, this is a ride. We've, we've, yeah. said, we've all said this for, yep. you know, whenever it was announced, this is a ride. It's just not a ticketed get into a park ride technically. So, yeah, yep. I think you're right. If they do a soft opening, not only does it work for testing, it works for mass hysteria. I mean, right now we're planning to go down on the 29th. To check it out, it's a Sunday. Like I'm like, I got nothing better to do. We'll go. We'll drive down in the morning, see if we can ride it. But yeah, how many other people are going to do that? Locals, people that are already staying. So if you slowly yeah. just start whisking people on, I don't know. It makes sense. Well, and it makes sense with with you know if they're anticipating you know obviously Galaxy's Edge opening week and day, um, yeah. buses are are going to be you know they're going to be busy. So if yeah. you've got another way they can do this, it's going to help on that end, which is the whole point of the Skyliners to help alleviate traffic from the buses. So right, right. If they are if they are open, um, we will ride them. We will, will live stream it, one. and then uh, you may hear me just yelling at. If I get stuck, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be like they might as well just send me a DoorDash because I'm not I'm not rappelling down. Um, they're gonna have <laughs> to get me a ladder and a harness. I don't like heights, like, but anyways, but yeah, helicopter. So. I don't know. Well, right that may be worse. I don't trust the helicopter be, guy. He might just bad. take off with me. I don't me. either. Yeah. I don't understand how helicopters work. I just I don't I don't understand how anything that flies works, but helicopters <laughs> especially. Like, I mean, I get how they work. I just yeah. I mean, there's it's lift versus me. drag, but yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. All right. We got fun, one final rumor, um, and we're we're gonna we're gonna state this as a rumor um, about Disney's contemporary resort undergoing a modern incredible Incredibles. I'm sorry, makeover. Um, and I'll let you read the story, Jared. But we do have a little bit of a inside source that is stating that this is not official. This is still falling under rumor category. So that's why we stuck it under here. Yeah, little birdie kind of told us. Um, yeah. So Disney has begun the process of renovating some of the rooms at Disney's Contemporary Resort as part of a test to get the Incredibles intellectual property into the resort. Of course, at this point, we don't know how the massive, or excuse me, the invasive, how invasive the IP might be uh, to the look and decor of the room. But we're told that Disney is playing with the idea of a mid-century modern look. Uh, says here we made it out to this is from Blog Mickey. We made it out to Disney's Contemporary Resort recently to check out. Uh, the project and got a look inside the now gutted rooms and there's some photos here that you can see um that uh, they're they were basically completely gutted down to the studs and electrical uh the makeover doesn't look to be simply repainting and maybe a new picture hung in the room but a complete reimagining of the space um and there's some like that, that artwork type of the incredible stuff you can see like on the walls a little bit uh, so it's worth noting again that this is a test. Disney often takes one or two rooms offline to create a test space for 
uh, once a project has made it past a couple or after a concept phase, excuse me. No work was visible from the exterior of the building, but it was pretty easy to spot which rooms are being worked on. As a matter of fact, these Incredibles-themed rooms are the, aren't the only rooms under construction at the resort. Uh, it says there's another picture, as you can see below. There's another room under construction hidden by a tan scrim. Uh, checking up on that room from the inside didn't reveal any theming like we've seen from the Incredibles room, but it was clear that the work is that work is being done. Um, and they've got some pictures shown from the outside, but it just shows some scrim. So, um, yeah. So, like we said, we've got a little bit of a of a insider saying this is just not confirmed that it's going to be Incredibles. Um, so it could be, yeah. but nothing's been officially confirmed that that at least that they said. Yeah, yeah. From from my understanding, um, all the these rooms are going to be refurbed. They're going to go through a major refurbishment. Uh, it is just not guaranteed that it is incredible theme. So it sounds like it truly is a test. Um, and from what I heard yesterday, they took down some of that test um, graphics of the Incredibles. Yeah. So we'll just see. And that's why we we moved it, you know, into a rumor. We're not sure. Nobody's really sure. Um, and we like yeah. to I think we like to err on the side of rumor until we really see something that is officially official. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather I feel much more comfortable doing that. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, we you know, we talk about rumors. Honestly, I'd like to talk about the rumors because it's just kind of fun. I mean, you know, some of this some of these things yeah. come true. Some of them don't. And, I, you know, we don't want to get into the like the we're breaking news thing or anything like right. that. It's just it's fun to speculate and talk about stuff. Yeah. And if what if this true. was true? What would you think? From you know when you first mention Incredibles theming in a room, I first think, oh no, that doesn't, oh that's that doesn't sound good. But when you look at the pictures, the way that that artwork is done, it does fit the contemporary. I will say, and it didn't seem. Now I would like to see the rest of the room and how it's laid out, obviously, but it didn't seem at first glance where I was turned off by it. I was like, okay, well that could work. Like it definitely fits. Now you and I both have, and I know Jamie have talked about like. We we have not stayed at the contemporary, but the contemporary is not something that draws me to want to stay there. Really, it's yeah. the least Disney resort out of all the Disney resorts that I feel I'm like oh, I would like to stay there. Yeah. Um, so maybe they're doing that because that's kind of how people's attitudes are. Outside of the fact that it's right next to Magic Kingdom and it has a mono running through it, you know, maybe some people maybe they're just trying to get you know kid rooms and people in there a little bit. So, uh, yeah. what about you? What do you think about it? Um, you know, honestly, from those little photos that might be test rooms, I, I think it really fits because it's not, you know, don't think Incredibles of the the new Pixar, um, you know, animated 3D, we're calling it animated. It's the 2D, more hand-drawn, simplistic colors of the opening scenes of the first Incredibles movies when they first, before they basically are like, you know, outlawed by the government, you know, right it's, right. it's that look. So it actually fits really, really well. It goes back to what was that? Like 50s, 60s, you know, yeah, it, it definitely looks, it fits. yeah, it definitely looks 60s. It, it also kind of has muted colors a bit. So it doesn't yeah. seem like it's too much color and cartoon everywhere. So yep. if that was what they went with, I could potentially get on board with that and think that would be pretty yeah. cool. I mean, yeah. and obviously Disney's done this with rooms before of theming them after thing. Now, I don't know if they've done it. Have they done it at the deluxe that I'm thinking of? Of theming it after at IP? <clears throat> no. I don't think they have. No. So this would be a new. Think of. Yeah, yeah, so this would be new to do it at a deluxe. Uh, but, I mean, if they do it at deluxe, they could kind of do it more grand in, in a bigger 
bigger scale maybe. So um, if yeah. if this was the start of a deluxe retheming IP based, how would you feel with Polly turning into a Moana? Again, not a heavily, you know, cartoony Moana, but a very simplistic old school Moana. Would you be okay with that or would you just I would be okay if there were some rooms. Yeah. Now, if it was all the rooms, Mohana's a f- okay movie. Our daughter was obsessed with it for a little bit, so I've seen yeah. it way too much <laughs> than I, I I should. But um, I, potentially, I could be okay with it. But again, like I'm not huge on the. Uh, I understand the IP stuff, and I understand it to a degree about like the IP Incredibles. It draws in families and kids and, and things like that. But for the most part, kids already. I don't. I don't really think kids are disappointed when they stay at Disney in general. Um, but if you took some rooms that did it, like, okay, like have Maui stuff on the wall. I mean, it could be yeah. fun. I, I could, I could see it being cute. I just wouldn't want it to be every single, uh, room or sure. anything like that. But yeah, I mean, sure. as much as I love the Polynesian as it is, I, you know, that wouldn't be necessarily terrible as long as it was in that li- like, you know, light touch theming, nothing over the top sort of stuff, yeah. which Disney has been doing lately in that sense. So they, they've definitely gotten away from, the 90s of when you walk into a Disney hotel room and it's like, whoa, looks like Disney threw up over the walls here. Like, they've definitely going way farther away from that in general. So I kind of trust that end of it. Like, when they talk about an IP-based room redesign, I kind of think, well, they're not going to go over the top. For sure. Uh, you yeah. know, so even the Little Mermaid rooms, like, they're when they redo those rooms eventually, they're going to pull back the theming a bit. I mean, if those yeah, rooms, wow, cute. I mean, it definitely looks like you just walked into uh, the the Disney, uh, the mermaid ride in, in Magic Kingdom. You're like, whoa! Yeah. How did I? What happened here? Like, it's just, you know, <laughs> it's a lot. Totally. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So I would now. Here's a, here's a question. Do you think what other IPs? I mean, do you think they would do? You know, we said Moana Polynesian, but is there another IP you could see fitting at another like deluxe resort? Well, I mean, you know, they're talking about Beauty and the Beast over there at Grand Flow, which doesn't fit. Um, unless they change everything, um, you know, originally I would have said something along the lines of a Pocahontas at Wilderness Lodge, but it appears we're getting that at the, um, new Lakeside, uh, resort rehab center Yes, is Pocahontas themed. Um, otherwise it would have felt at, yeah, otherwise it would have fit at Wilderness Lodge. I mean, yeah. um, yeah, Yacht and Beach, I don't know. I mean... See, Yacht and Beach yeah. to me, like Beach Club to me seems very, now it maybe doesn't fit with Beach Club the way it is, but I could see like a Lilo and Stitch totally. type of thing. Yep. Which would also um, work at Polly, yeah. which is kind of a little bit at Polly anyway. I mean, you've already got right. Ivana and you've got them, you know, the characters. So, yeah. Um, but they, yeah, you're right. They can kind of fit anywhere with kind of a beachy theme. Um, Wreck it Ralph at the boardwalk. I'm kidding. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, even, well, no, actually, um, Gosh, it's been so long since I've seen it. Lady and the Tramp. I feel like that could almost be fitting to Boardwalk, wouldn't it? Wasn't that kind of a Americana? I mean, that was a little more like was that New when well, no, was that New York? And then they went into Little Italy where they ate the spaghetti and the meatballs, and that you know, could almost I, fit Boardwalk in a sense. I think that's right. It's been so long since I've seen that it's movie. I couldn't tell you I've exactly what that was, yep. but potentially. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think we'll see more of this. Um, so I'm not surprised by it. But yeah. I, I think, you know, until Disney doesn't do it right, I'll I'll kind of lean on the side of well they'll they'll do it pretty good until they Agreed. don't and then you know yeah so totally. but yeah so 
All right. Well, I think that's uh, all the news and rumors we've got this week. Anything else you want to talk that about before it. we uh, before we go? Um, no. You want to hang out next week? Yeah, I guess I can okay. hop down. Hop. I'll, I'll head down Monday. I'm not getting we'll in, <laughs> so I'm not getting into. So obviously, we're going to be at Disney World next week, or I am. Jamie has; she's going to be home, unfortunately, uh, with with the wee ones. But she's going to have help. Her her mom and her sister are coming to help while I am gone, so she's not completely stranded. Because I didn't, I wasn't going to go unless I got the okay from her, and and yeah. she was going to get help. So, um, but I'm gonna, I'll be getting in late. Like I think my flight gets in at midnight on Monday, um, Eek. and then Tuesday is when everything starts. So. Um, if you want to check all that out, uh, yeah, join Club 32, ctmvip.com. We're going to be live streaming all the festivities. We're going to be doing – I know Nate and I are going to be doing golf that Tuesday morning. Um, there's like a special golf, nine holes, and I think you get lunch and two drinks. Um, and then uh, we're going to do like a brunch, just dude's brunch, you know, just two dudes going to brunch. And then uh, that night we've got the Halloween party, but I think that day we may go over to Disney Springs, check out some stuff too. So we've got all kinds of stuff going on that week, plus, you know, obviously Galaxy's Edge and everything like that. So, um, yeah, ctmvip.com if you want to be a part of that. And uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about our coffee sponsor, Exhibition Roasters, who are going to be sponsoring us that week. Uh, so they are obviously uh, our favorite coffee we drink around here. We exclusively drink them around here. And uh, we, we had a deal with them. It was CTM20, got you 20% off your first order with them. But we changed that to where CTM15, and you get 15% off of every single order now. So if you're not sure what to get, um, you can do a test order, try it out, and you can still get the same discount the next time. So I think it works out pretty well. And they've, they've loved the response from you guys listening. And, and so I want to say thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, they're good people. And you'll be hearing – we've got some shirts that we're going to wear. We've got some giveaway stuff. We've got some pins that they, they're gonna, we're going to give away while we're down there. So if you're going to be in the parks that week, keep a lookout on, uh, you know, Club 32, but probably on Instagram and social media. We'll probably do some shout-outs over there to uh, – if you find us in the parks, you get a pin or something. And I think part of that pin – I believe I, I got to look that he sent me to him. I think they also have discounts, like a coupon nice. code attached to it. So, yeah, um, yeah so – I, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun so check it out so extrasandroasters.com promo code is ctm15 so all right well i think in next week um either we may try and do a new show or we may just have a pre-recorded show we do on on a new show next week since we'll be in disney so don't know how to go we've got a lot of stuff going on so we may not have time to do a news like a show when we're down there so we'll, we will see um i know we're going to pre-record some Diz dude stuff um and other things so we'll kind of we'll see how it goes you'll have a show either way on monday and thursday or friday put it that way of something that's fair yeah so <laughs> you'll listen to something just be us walking through the park might just be an hour of kenny g on loop hey you know what if you need to go to bed just pop that in you're good so all right well thank you jeremy for filling in for jamie as of usual. course doing a, doing a bang up job doing a good job i mean you don't have the same you know I mean, you're not here in person, so you know. No. At least, at least as of yet. But um, yeah, so but you do, you're doing a great job, you know. So thank you. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so thank you for listening. And as Jamie always likes to say, we will see you. In the park.